0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Bushy Baller Brand Podcast. And yes, we are officially on Spotify, obviously, because that's how you're listening to it. I thank you so much for giving us a listen here today. And this is my NFL post week three wrap up. I give you the three biggest stories that I took out of NFL and the week three. And each week I'm going to continue to do this. And then when the NBA season starts up, which is going to be here in about a month, a little bit less, um, I'm going to be giving you some stories out of that, so the podcast will be longer, because I'm going to have to do both an NFL and an NBA segment. But for now, this is just my NFL post-three roundup. A little bit of exciting news. I mean, I guess it's not so much for you guys as it is for Bushy Baller brand, but I do have a new microphone coming to record these podcasts, so I'm sure, as you can tell, between this one and previous podcasts, That the background noise, you can hear some shuffling. You can hear a little bit of white noise in the background, but we do have a new microphone coming, which hopefully will um you know be able to cancel that out, and so we can have a much clearer uh, listening experience for you guys, and it's a lot the audio will be better and the background noise will be a lot less. So that should be coming within the next week. So hopefully this is my last podcast I have to make with this microphone. So again, we do apologize for the background noise that you can hear and for the sketchy audio, but with us being on Spotify now, we really would like to expand and get nicer things and be able to, you know, give you the full experience of what we want the podcast to be. With that being said, let's go right into my biggest stories that I took out of NFL in the week three of the season. And for me, the first story I'm gonna start off with is that the young quarterbacks are starting to take over the NFL. And they really are. It's becoming exciting and it's becoming a fun thing to watch. And these younger guys who are taking over. They're the, they're the games that you want to turn on and you want to see and say, hey, you know, this is a really fun thing for me to watch. I like seeing these young guys out there. And they're going to make some mistakes. I mean, they're young players. Obviously, they're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be Tom Brady-esque. But, they, you know, they're making some interesting plays and doing some things that people really like to enjoy watching. And so I'm going to break down for you some of the younger guys in the league and their age and their win or loss this past week and their stats. And so I'm going to start off with Daniel Jones, Obviously, the Giants quarterback who took over for Eli Manning this week. And it was his first career start. He's only 22 years old, and he put up 336 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two rushing touchdowns, and just lit it up, surprised the league. There was a lot of controversy about the pick, whether or not it was smart or if they should have taken somebody else like a Dwayne Haskins. But, I mean, after one week, it looks like the right guy. But this is a very small sample size. They did have a comeback win against the Buccaneers, and so the Giants did win their first game of the year with him in there at quarterback. So that's definitely something of note and that you want to know. And again, the guy's only 22. Then you got Patrick Mahomes, who's only 24. His Chiefs won. No surprise there. They put He put up 374 passing yards, three touchdowns. Again, shocks nobody. This is Patrick Mahomes. He's on pace for 60-plus touchdowns this year, which would be absurd I mean, this guy is a real talent, a real elite quarterback, and 60 touchdowns seems like a crazy number, but I wouldn't put it past him to reach that number, whether it's this year or in a future year, because the guy can throw everywhere. And Tyreek Hill is still out for the Chiefs, and he still needs to come back as well. So the next quarterback I got listed, Deshaun Watson, only 24 years old. His Texans won. He put up 351 yards, three touchdowns. Kyle Allen. Only 23 years old. He replaced Cam Newton because of injury, but who knows, it might be even longer now. Cam Newton is out again this week, week four, and so Kyle Allen will start again for him. And I wouldn't be too surprised if in the future, if Cam Newton lost a job to Kyle Allen. Like I said, he's only 23. His Panthers won. He put up 261 yards and four passing touchdowns in the game, which is impressive. And Kyle Allen, Not a very highly rated guy Um, coming out of the draft. I know, I mean, he may have been high on a couple teams' boards, but he definitely wasn't the guy that you were talking about and wanting to trade up to get. After him, I got Dak Prescott, only 26 years old, which, again, 26 I still consider somewhat young. Um, He came out of college a little bit later, but 26 is still, I mean, that's still a younger age. His Cowboys won. They're undefeated, 3-0. He put up 246 yards, three total touchdowns. Gardner Minshew who's obviously replacing the injured Nick Foles after week one, Nick Foles went down, collarbone injury. Supposed to be done for the year. I've seen a couple things saying that he may want to return. It all depends. Nick Foles is 30 years old, so he's getting up there. Gardner Minshew, only 23. He led the Jaguars to a win with 204 yards and two touchdowns. And finally, for statistics-wise, the last guy I have listed is Carson Wentz, who's also 26, like Dak Prescott. His Eagles lost. And he put up 259 yards and two touchdowns, and I'll get to the Eagles loss in a little bit. But just just looking at their stats. All but one guy, all of those younger QBs, won their games this past week. Is the trend going to continue? No. I mean, obviously you're not going to have, like, six or seven teams win out because that's unrealistic. But these guys are definitely the future of the league, and it's something that's really fun to watch. And a couple of the names I left out were Lamar Jackson, and he lost to... Patrick Mahomes, which, I mean, for obvious reasons, Lamar Jackson is just on a whole other level right now in the early going. He's the future of the Ravens, and he is somebody that Baltimore should be very excited about. And then Kyler Murray lost to Kyle Allen, but he's interesting, and he's fun to watch. And like Colin Coward said, which I know I reference Colin Coward on this podcast a lot because I enjoy watching his show, he said that he wanted to watch another game, but the Kyler Murray-Kyle Allen matchup was one that he just couldn't turn off. And if I had had access to watching that game, I'm sure I wouldn't want to have turned that off either because it looked like it was a very interesting game. And both of those guys, you know, they put on a fun game for everybody to watch. And then, you know, there's some names out there that I forgot, like a Josh Allen who is currently playing really well. The Bills are 3-0. They play the 3-0 Patriots. It'll be very telling. And then guys like Sam Darnold who does have mono, so there's not really a whole lot to talk about so far this year about him. But there are a lot of young quarterbacks out of it, the, out there in the league. And they are doing very well. They're performing well. I think it's good for the league. I think it's good for the business as well. And there's a lot of years left for these quarterbacks, you know, for sales purposes and for entertainment reasons. And these are the guys that you really do enjoy watching. So those are just some of the statistics. And like I said, I listed several guys there. I listed about six or seven guys. Only one of them lost. And the only guy that lost on that list that I gave you of the young quarterbacks was Carson Wentz. And that's my second story for the post-week three of the NFL season. Is will the Eagles be okay? Do I think they will be okay? I think they will be, but it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for them. And one thing I do want to say is that these fans out here of the Eagles need to stop blaming Carson Wentz for the losses. Now, I'm sure that people are blaming him less and less, which is a good thing because the guy is doing what he can with the talent that he has out there. It's not like he's out here throwing a bunch of picks or fumbling all the time um, so far this year. So stop blaming him, the people that are, for the loss. For instance, this past week, he didn't have any turnovers. Like, he didn't, he didn't turn over the ball at all this past year. He did what he could with what he had. And there were some tough throws he had to make. And I want you guys to go watch the footage. There was the one play where he got sacked by about three or four different guys, the entire offensive line of the Eagles just stopped blocking. Like, literally. Like, it's like it was a Madden game, and the opponent disconnected. Like, they literally just stopped. And he got he got smoked. Like, Carson Wentz went down hard. And stuff like that where you can't really blame Wentz because he can only do so much. When your whole offensive line stops blocking, I mean, not many quarterbacks, if any, can do something about that besides throw it away. So... Stop blaming him, but I think the Eagles will be okay. The running game has got to get going. they got to do better at the running game. Miles Sanders uh, fumbled twice. He lost one of them this past week, and they still put him in there. They still had him over Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, by the way, since 2016, third most all-purpose yards by running back. I don't understand why they aren't using him more, why they're not putting him in more sets, why they're not trying to get the ball to him. The dude can run. The guy can run the ball exceptional, and they really need to get Jordan Howard going if they want to do better. The run game is really struggling. They were trying to see him almost force carries to Miles Sanders. Even after he fumbled twice, they kept him in, which if a guy fumbles twice, I set him for the game. I don't care if it's the first quarter or if it's in the game and he's your, he's your go-to guy. You got to set him. You fumble twice, that won't do me any good. So the Eagles have got to get the running game going as well, and it was really a struggle for them so far this year with that, with the running game. But the Hurley storyline is the drops. And they are a huge, huge issue for the Eagles here. Now granted, the past two weeks, Alshon and Deshaun, as in Alshon Jeffrey, and Deshaun Jackson, were both out the past two weeks. But that doesn't mean that there's an excuse to drop passes, just because two of your top three guys are out. I mean, Nelson Aguilar has dropped two Huge passes for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they very well were a couple drops away from being 3-0. They very easily could be 3-0 if the guys could hold onto the ball. Dallas Goddard dropped a key touchdown pass as well last week against the Lions, and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside had a game-winning ball in his hands. If you watch the footage, at first when you're watching it live, it looks like, oh, Wentz underthrew him. But no, the ball literally hit J.J. Ortega-Whiteside's hands. It was not underthrown. And he was, he's obviously a rookie, so he's still developing, but those are, I heard that that's why the Eagles brought a guy like him in, is so he can make those tough catches and be able to leap over guys, and that was a pass that was very catchable, and the Eagles should have won that game. The Eagles should have beat the Falcons as well, Nelson Aguilar had the drop. Luckily for the Eagles, though, Alistair Jeffrey is supposed to be back tomorrow night, and he's supposed to be in for the Eagles, along with Dallas Goddard, who, again, He's been having some issues, but he should be fully healthy and good to go for the Eagles as well next week. So the Philadelphia Eagles have got to get going. And they got to hit the ground running, and they really need to work hard. And I don't know whether it's keeping the guys hours after practice or if it's something they need to do in their free time or what the Eagles need to do. But they, got, they have to get going. And this week is huge. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, they go to Green Bay, to play the Packers, who we are 3-0, and you got Aaron Rodgers. And it is not easy for them to win that game at all. Going into Green Bay is a tough environment to win, especially when you have that bad man Aaron Rodgers out there. Phew, let me tell you, that is going to be tough for the Eagles. And I don't want to say that it is a must-win for the Eagles, but it could develop into that kind of scenario. Because if the Eagles lose tomorrow night, they drop to 1-3. and The Cowboys play Sunday night against the Saints. who They do have Teddy Bridgewater, not Drew Brees, in that quarterback. The Cowboys are looking very hot, and they are playing extremely well. Dak Prescott is playing like he wants that money. And the Cowboys end up winning Sunday night. They're going to be 4-0. And so they're going to be sitting at 4-0. The Eagles will be sitting at 1-3. After the first quarter of the season, that would put the Eagles three games behind the Cowboys, which is a very hard margin to make up in the NFL. It's different than other sports. It's different in baseball, hockey, and basketball. You're down by three games, a quarter the season. You got, you have, you know, 40, 50, 60 games left. You can do whatever. You can come back. The NFL, after four weeks, if you're behind by three games, well, let me tell you, that is not easy to come back. Like. So for the Eagles, I think that tomorrow, I don't want to say it's a must-win scenario for them, but I think it's starting to trend towards that type of, you know, must-win mentality. Because dropping to one and three and three games behind in your division is not saying you want to be. Luckily for them, like I said, Alshon Jeffrey is back. The Eagles have got to get that running game going. And so will they be okay? I think they will once they get fully healthy. But a loss tomorrow night may very well count them out of the division early on in the season. And talking about counting them out and teams that are struggling, my final topic of this podcast is the Cleveland Browns. And I just want to start off this by saying I was wrong about Cleveland. I bought so much into the hype about the Cleveland Browns. I bought into it so much, and I want a full refund. I want a refund of what I bought into. Because so far, they, they can't win a big game, and Baker's not playing well. Now, I, I still am... A big Baker Mayfield fan. I love the guy. I love his playing style. And now, these losses aren't fully his fault. I mean, if you watch the footage a lot of the time, he's constantly on the run and trying to throw the ball. And his rollouts, I mean, they're not all his fault. Because obviously there's the line. But there have been a couple plays where the line is blocking well, and Baker Mayfield, for whatever reason, decides to roll out. And you're kind of like, well, why... Are you rolling out? Just stay in the pocket, throw the ball. And he could be making better throws. Stuff like last week is confusing me as well, as to you trade for Odell Beckham Jr., you're late in a big game against the Rams, and he was barely involved. I don't even know if he was targeted in the last couple of drives where they could have gone on to win the game. And I don't understand that, strategy. I don't know if OBJ did something to annoy the coach or to get bigger Mayfield upset. I'm not really sure. But something must have happened because you have a guy like OBJ in the game. You don't just leave him untargeted and leave him out of the game plan in a game like that, in a game-winning scenario. So I don't know what happened there with Odell Beckham. You also have Nick Chubb, who was very, very promising. I'm not saying that he's bad. I'm not saying that he is having a terrible season. But I I don't think that he's having the season that people thought he was going to have. And... He needs to get going with the run game. He ne- he needs to be able to get those breakout runs that he's capable of. He needs to be able to start, you know, powering through, getting to the end zone more, because Nick Chubb is capable of that. He's one of the better running backs in the league when he puts his head down and he runs the ball. And there's a reason that people were drafting him in the first round of fantasy drafts, and they rightfully did so. But the Browns need to get their run game going. The defense, for me... It's just kind of average. I don't think that there's anything too special going on with the Cleveland Browns defense as we speak. So in terms of their defensively, I don't know if someone needs to step up. I mean, I love Miles Garrett. I like Greedy Williams. But, I mean, there's not there's no names out there that it's like, oh, you know, maybe Miles Garrett. But outside of that, there's no one there that's really shockingly overwhelming or playing out of their mind right now. And so the defense also needs to step up. And stuff like that, where I think people need to stop blaming Baker Mayfield and kind of saying like, oh, well, you know, they're losing because of Baker. There's two sides of the ball. It's not solely an offensive game. You don't got Baker Mayfield throwing the ball, they score, and then they get the ball back. No, that's not how it works. There's defense and there's offense. And so Baker Mayfield needs to, yes, he needs to step it up, but the defense also needs to do a better job as well. And so, stop blaming Baker Mayfield for all of it. I don't even know if I'd say 50%. Maybe about 40%, 35%, somewhere in that range, Baker's fault. But it's not all of him. And I was really high on Freddie Kitchens as well, the head coach for the Browns. But I, I don't know if I'm sold on him anymore, which would be a shame. Because if he's fired at the end of the season, Baker Mayfield, whoever they end up hiring, would be onto his fourth coach in two years. And no player can win with four different coaches in two years. That's impossible because you're constantly learning a new playbook, getting to know the guy, and you're not getting a ton of time to spend with him because they're out the door after about half the season. So it's a shame because Baker Mayfield's got a lot of talent, but they just can't seem to get the right coach in there. And I like Freddie Kitchens. I still do. And, again, I don't want to count the Cleveland Browns out yet because it's only – Post-week three, we're only coming on to week four, but it's not looking good. And if Freddie Kitchens drops to one and three or maybe one and four, they start losing out, that's really not going to be a good sign for him or the Cleveland Browns. So they got to they got to get going. And this week, this week is not going to get any easier. And they play Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who are two and one, but they're very, very respectable two and one. Because they lost last week to the Chiefs, who may be the best team in the NFL right now. And it was only a five-point game. So, the 2-1 the, the record isn't really telling of where they are. Because they any other, te- any other team, I'm not even kidding. If I think they played any other team besides the Chiefs, they would be 3-0. Because they're just playing that well. Lamar Jackson's playing amazing. Mark Ingram's running the ball like crazy. And the defense is doing their job. I mean, last week, obviously, you can only do so much against Patrick Mahomes. But this week's not going to get any easier playing the Ravens. And I don't know if they're going to win. I really don't know if they're going to win because of how well their ends are playing and how poorly the Browns are. So Baltimore this week, if you can, watch the game. If you have the ability to watch the game, I'm going to try to find a way to watch it because this really could be a telling game of where the division's going to stand. Because these are the top two teams in the division right now. And that's something that's very telling will be this week. Ravens win their 3-1. Browns lose they drop to 1-3. and three. The other two teams in the division, the Steelers, Bengals, one of them is going to go to 1-3. and three. And the Ravens are going to be two games up on three teams in the division early on in the season if they do win this game. If the Browns win, I don't really know what I'll think because they would have you know, been 1-2, and two, come in, and they play – the Ravens, who are playing like crazy, and they win. So I don't really know personally what I'll think if the Browns win. But I mean, for now, I'm gonna pump the brakes on the Browns hype train because I don't think that they're doing what people expect them to. I mean, there are some people out there who definitely did not buy into the hype, and they were just thinking about it and saying, "Oh, these too much ego, too many guys gonna want the ball, they're not gonna do well." But people like me, who really bought into the hype, let's pump the brakes for now. Because I originally, at the beginning of the season, had them winning the division. Now, I don't even know if I can say that I'm confident that they'll make the playoffs. But that's for another discussion because my podcast next week is going to be me reevaluating the standings from where I picked them to where they were after a quarter of the season and kind of seeing, you know, readjusting my predictions and seeing who I think will make wild card and win the division and place where. But Cleveland Browns, you guys have got to figure this thing out. You have to. Baker Mayfield, you have to step up. You have to be playing better. I'm not saying it's all your fault, but from where you were, you've got to be playing better. And this week, playing Baltimore, I don't know if they're going to win. I can't say I have the utmost confidence that they'll beat the Ravens this week. And if the Ravens win this week, then they very well could be on the easy road to winning this division. So, you guys, you got to step it up. Jarvis Landry, who's been you know virtually gone for the Browns this season, hasn't really done much. Odell Beckham, you got to get him in the game. Chubb's got to step it up. Now, it doesn't help that Joku is on the IR. Your big tight end, you know, the guy that you like to target in the red zone, that doesn't help. But Cleveland, you got to put all the egos aside. You got to just get in there. You got to work hard because you're going to lose fans and you're going to lose the hype very quickly if you continue to be going the route that you guys are going. Anyway. Thank you so much for giving the Bushy Baller brand and podcast a listen. Those are my top three stories post week three of the NFL season. Uh, uh, Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Just, you know, we really appreciate all the support that you guys give us. Again, you can go to our Instagram at Bushy Baller brand. Check that out. Check out our website. We got the scoop. We got baseline, two different blogs out there. We're still trying to work on getting a YouTube channel up and going. But for now, we have this podcast which you can stream on Spotify, obviously because you're listening to it through Spotify. And like I said, sorry for the background noise. We do have a new microphone coming in, which will hopefully cancel that stuff out as well. And we will see you next week for my post week four updates. And like I said, what I'm going to be doing for that is I'm going to be updating the standings, updating my predictions for MVP, for the Super Bowl pick, for where I think people will place in the playoffs and who will win it all out. I might even change my Super Bowl prediction because the way it's looking, Eagles Chiefs was my pick. Not looking too good right now. We will see. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow night to watch the Eagles Packers. Will be a very telling game for the Eagles. And on Sunday, if you can watch Cleveland Baltimore, do it because that's going to be one interesting game to see that matchup. And like I was talking about, I really like these young QBs taking over. But thank you again for giving us a listen. And I just, if you can, if you have the ability, we would love for you to subscribe so you can get updates and you can hear when our latest podcast is out. Thank you very much for you us to listen. Don't forget to tune in next week to listen to our next podcast.